Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I'm your storyteller for today. It feels like this episode should be called It's a Musical Hotcast because it's sweltering and it I can't is. cope. And I have hay fever, so if I sound super stuffy, it's for that reason. Welcome to the British summertime. We are not equipped to deal. <laughs> I feel like, you know, we've chosen two good films in a row Yeah. for like the experience. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Calamity Jane was in the Wild West. Yeah. Temperatures were quite hot in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And now we're watching Twisted, which is Aladdin. Yeah. And Aladdin's story is set in Agrabah. In a desert. In a desert. Yeah. So we've got the 4D experience ready for this. We've got the heat we turned really up. We do, yeah. And obviously, I am excited for this one because <laughs> it is another Star Kid production. Yay! It's earlier Star Kid, I think it's pre-Trail to Oregon. It is pre-Trail to Oregon. So, you know, I don't know which Star Kids we're going to have. Lauren Lopez, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. Joey Richter. No Joey Richter. No Joey Richter. No, he was off trying to be an actor while this is happening. Oh, okay, well, that's a shame. trying to be an actor. He was already an actor. But he was trying to... Trying another style. Yeah, a different medium. I think this is pre-Jeff Blim. No. No, cool. It's not. Good, okay. As far as I'm aware, this is Jeff Blim's second Star Kid show. And... After they discovered him. I'd like to think Jamie Lynn Betty is in this one. She is. Cool. I don't think Darren Chris. I think he's left by this Darren point. Darren Chris is not in this yeah. one. So we've no. got a few of my favourites in then. Yeah. That's really good. It's going to be weird because I think this will be the first one we've watched with no Joey Richter. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because I feel like he's very much the, the, the heart mm-hmm. of Starkid. Sure. That's you know? interesting. Uh, I think he's been the most reliable. You know, like Jeff Blim has been fantastic in each one, but I feel like it's certainly been... Jerry Richter that's yeah been the glue that held each each piece together. He's never a big role, but he's always fantastic in what he does. This is the story of Aladdin. Sure. This is from Jafar's perspective. Mm-hmm. Because we have that great line at the end of Aladdin where Jasmine says, and your beard is so twisted. Where she's flirting with him and it's disgusting. And you have the scene of like everyone else going, uh-huh. And obviously I think you've mentioned it to me that it's because they are parodying Wicked. Yes. So the basis for this musical is Aladdin, specifically the Walt Disney version, but with elements of the original Aladdin fairy tale thrown in and Wicked. Is it a fairy tale? Arabian Nights. 101, yeah. 1001 Arabian Nights. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a fairy tale. It's in my fairy tale book. Is it? Yeah. I never considered it a fairy tale. I didn't know what it was. It just it doesn't feel fairy tale in the same way that you know Little Mermaid does. You know. Okay. It's just interesting. I've the Aladdin story is not the way that it is in the film. I know. In the fairy tale, 
Yeah, it's more just the fact that I never considered it a fairy tale. Mm. You know, for That's me. That's interesting. Yeah. So this has elements of the original story that mm-hmm. the Disney film cuts. Cool. Yeah. I've seen images of the costumes and you can see where they're trying to do. You see where the links are, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Twisted, comma, The Untold Story of the Royal Vizier mm-hmm. is the seventh Starkid musical after we have already had a very Potter musical, a very Potter sequel, a very Potter senior year, Me and My Dick, Starship, and Holy Musical Batman. Yeah, so Jeff Bloom obviously has been in Holy Musical Batman. And yeah, because he's new, brand new villain. Mm-hmm. Not Joker, not Riddler, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I can see him as that. But he's also been Aragog. Yes. But I don't know whether that counts or not. I'm sure it does count. We never saw his face or anything with Aragog. Yeah. So yeah, this is third, technically, I suppose. Cool. I thought this was earlier than seven, I have to say. I thought this was pre-senior mm. year. Well, so we had this, and then Annie and Trail to Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And then Firebringer, guy who didn't like musicals and Black Friday. Which is great. Mm-hmm. All good. All good things. As usual, we have music from AJ Holmes with Matt Lang, Nick Lang, and Eric Khan Gale. Yep. Obviously, you recognize the names that are happening here. Yes. As well as lyrics by Kaylee McMahon. And yeah, this is just a big old parody. Good. Basically. I think that's something Stark could do well. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to go back to parody with them. Because yeah, we've only, I guess we've only watched this. we've only watched the, the Potter parodies. Mm-hmm. We've then seen original stories from them. Yeah, obviously, Trail to Oregon it hits elements of parody with the video game, but I don't think it's parody in the same way mm-hmm. because it's less like the, the video game is obviously well known and enjoyed, but it is less beloved. Than Harry Potter and Batman and yeah, you know, Aladdin. It's a different kind of audience. And there's not really the you know they've added plot to it. They've obviously parodied the events of the game, but it feels far more original because they've created original characters in their own way. Yeah, absolutely. So Twisted was funded entirely by Kickstarter campaign. Was it the first one to be Kickstarted? No, but I think it's the first one to be entirely funded. Okay by Kickstarter, by creators Matt Lang, Nick Lang, and Eric Congale. And they opened with a goal of Mm $35,000. And they made $142,000. Nice. And a bit, like, and some. So very profitable. Yes. And they performed from July 4th to 28th in 2013 at the Greenhouse Theatre in Chicago, Illinois. And then they put the entire show up on YouTube in November of 2013. In March of 2014, the show was performed in an abridged version uh, at 54 Below, which is in New York City. Very nice. With AJ Holmes playing Jafar, as opposed to the actor that we're going to see playing Jafar, and included an introduction by Darren Chris. And actually, the version that we're going to watch, which is the YouTube version, there is a Darren Chris cameo. Cool. But you won't know it. 
Okay. In that kind of way. Is it because he just does like a voiceover or something? He's in the audience. Oh, really? Yeah. That's he came so to, cool. He came to watch it. And it just happened to be the day they filmed it. Mm. That's very cool. I like Aladdin. We've talked about it before with the Lion King episode. Yeah. Aladdin is one that's very sacred to me. So I'm very excited to see how this one plays out. The title, Twisted. Mm-hmm. You know, the untold story of a royal vizier. You know, the, um, like, teenage Disney fiction books that come out that humanise their villains. Oh, yeah. I, with the really nice cover art. That's what this title feels like. I'm sure there is one of those for Jafar. Oh, no, there is. But it feels like... Yeah. this The, the, the wording of that title is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, you 100% know what it is just from that title mm-hmm. and i guess it protects them because they're not outright doing aladdin like yeah. nowhere have they said we're doing aladdin mm-hmm. so disney cannot sue because it's like six degrees of separation yeah so to avoid litigation yeah the characters <laughs> nice <in> segue <laughs> the characters in this do not go by their Disney names. So Jasmine is just called the princess. Abu is just called monkey. Yeah. Uh, Yago is never named or never addressed by name. And Jafar is, as opposed to being J-A-F-A-R, is J-A apostrophe F-A-R. So it's Jafar. And you have to pronounce it like that instead. Jafar. The only exception to that is Aladdin, whose name existed for hundreds of years before yeah. Disney made the film. So Cool. Yeah, because I guess like Jasmine, Abu, are Yeah, they're Disney, Disney creations. creations. So the princess Jasmine is a property of Disney. However, the princess is Could just be anyone. a princess. Yeah, it's arbitrary. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> I love that. that they, they've thought the same way that I have, that, you know, we want to do this. Yeah. How do we not get sued for it? Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on this one? So, well, I think this is great. <laughs> and what's the world's thoughts on this one? Yeah, so each time we talk an, with Starkid. This has an 8.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb. Nice. Because we've, we've entered the world of IMDb at this point when this is out. And this is one of my favourite Starkid shows because I just think it's really funny. In terms of the music for this one, mm-hmm. obviously they're working with something that already is a musical. Yes. Perhaps for the first time. You know, Batman's not a musical, Potter's not a musical. Have they tried to emulate Alan Menken's style? Like, when I watch this, am I, am I going to hear it and be like, oh, this sounds like a whole new world, but obviously isn't? Yes and no. Good. See, I like Starkid's original writing, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But I would also want Starkid to reference what mm. they are doing in that clever way that they can do. Yeah. And I'd be disappointed if we didn't get... So there's a bunch of Disney references, but there's also a whole bunch of musically Wicked references. So, do you, just out of interest, do you know what the extended title of Wicked is? The untold story mm-hmm. of the Witches of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked, the untold story of the witch's thoughts. Which is why this is twisted, the untold story of a royal vizier. That's hard to say, vizier. Vizier. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's really good that we're not going to enter a whole new world of music. We're going to have something we know and, you know, can Mm -hmm. get on board with. Yeah, I'm very excited. 
Yeah, I think this is going to be... I, are yeah. you pleased that I just ignored your whole new world joke? No, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I was hoping you'd make some kind of reference to it. It took me a minute it. to understand. <laughs> Sorry. I, I really like Starkid, and I think, I said this last week, this is one, you know, you gave me a choice I wanted to cover for a while yeah. because I see a lot of it referenced, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's held in high regard. And, you know, especially with Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals, and especially with Trail to Oregon, I loved them. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what Starkid do with a franchise I really like. You know, in the same way, I'm hoping that we'll see the development and the maturity that we got with senior year, mm. where, you know, you still get star kids jokes, but you can see where they've matured as performers and matured with their storytelling and their comic timing. Yeah. I I did like the very Potter trilogy, but I thought at times their jokes were too mean, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that's a Darren Chris thing. Darren Chris didn't have any writing input though. He wrote, he wrote some the of the songs, songs so not... he certainly wrote one of the meanest bits, which was Hermione <laughs> can't draw. Yeah, Hermione can't draw. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I sing that really regularly. <laughs> I know you do. I I like you know that kind of stuff. But I just don't like mean humor. Mm-hmm. You know, and that felt mean. Yeah, that's fair. And it feels like they've grown out of it with the later things I've seen. You know, like Trail to mm-hmm. Oregon. It's not mean, no. you know. Uh, it's still a lot of fart jokes. It's a, yeah, but it's also very absurd. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's ever mean to people. Yeah. Which I like. And the same way with Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals. Mm-hmm. Some really great humour, but it never feels mean. Yeah. It, it's more like it's reference humour, it's observational humour. Like, one of the best things about Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals was The Professor's Song. Where he's like, I love Broadway. And he puts on a... Working boys, I'm a Yeah. Show-stopping number. Mm. That's one of the best jokes because... Like, we are the theatre kids. Yeah, and I think that's something Starkid do really well. And I think with Aladdin, you've obviously got the opportunity for them to do what they do best, make some really great references. Mm-hmm. But also go above just Disney World. I want to see the Little Mermaid reference. I want to see the Golden Age of Disney reference. You know? Yeah. Are you smirking because I'm going to get that? I'm not saying anything. But... I'm also not going to tell you where Darren Chris is because I want you to try and figure it out. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure I'll get a note where it's like, you know. And maybe when when, when I edit it, I will, you know, the music from Pokemon. The... Now. Put Who that is in. that? Pokemon. You know, where a wild random encounter begins. <laughs> That'd be cool. It's Darren Chris. Darren Chris. Darren Chris. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that's what noise he'd make if he were a Pokemon. You think? Oh, I tell you what, I'd love to see a Pokemon musical from... From Starkid. From Starkid. That'd be really cool. Obviously, I know a, there is a Pokemon musical. Yep. <laughs> Starring Andrew Rannells. Starring Andrew Rannells. Like... If anyone knows where I can find that, please send it my way because I'm not going to have a fulfilled life until I, I see it. Clips, but yeah. like not the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not. My life will never be fulfilled until I see the whole of that show. <laughs> but I think Star Kid would do Pokemon the musical justice. Yeah, because they're not going to take it seriously, mm. and that's what I love about them that they're not that they come from these 
they come from the perspective of fans of the licenses they create. But they're also, like, really cynical about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's love involved, but they also are not afraid to make fun of it. Yeah. You know, look at Cursed Child. I love Cursed Child, but it's an absolute love letter to Harry Potter that takes itself very seriously at Way times. too seriously. Yeah, and there's not... There's some really nice... Way like, too hard... seriously for some of the more ridiculous elements That's of Yeah, and there's... You know, I love it. I'm a big fan of Cursed Child, regardless of what people think. For me, I've seen it three times. I get caught up in the magic, and I really love it. I know it's not without its faults. <laughs> Number one being its author, but, you know... But my point being more so, there the biggest issue with it is there's not the same fun that you get from Harry Potter because it's like insisting upon itself. Yeah. Whereas Starkid, you can tell they love what Irreverent, they're doing. Irreverent though. Yeah. yeah. But they're not afraid to poke fun at it at all. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to get from this one. This will be a better Aladdin musical than the one that came to Broadway and West End. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. I'm going yeah. to come back and this will be a Four to five star review, I think. I might be wrong. Famous last words. I think I'm going to really enjoy this one. The one thing I'm concerned with, I don't like the humanisation of villains. Mm -hmm. It can be done well over a prolonged period of storytelling, like Once Upon a Time. Like, I guess, Loki. But we've had that depth. No, but you know what I mean. The 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 development. It's not just one and done. It's not like sudden. Yeah. Loki's transformation. You know, went through Thor, Avengers, the Dark World, Ragnarok, Infinity War. Yeah. You know, it went over a period of time, over many years, as opposed to say a Cruella, which you know I've not seen, but as opposed to a Cruella, which is done over one film. Yeah, well, we have two hours and 15 minutes to have some development. I, is, I, am I going to come out of it? My, it? You know what I'm like. Is my one critique of this going to be... Why do I care about this villain? Why do I care about this villain? No. Okay, that's good. I've got no issue seeing from another side of it, but I quite like it when we understand why the villain does what he does more so, mm-hmm. and we appreciate the villain more as a good villain, as opposed to, oh, he's misunderstood. Oh, so this is my this is my issue at the moment with a lot of these uh, remake from the villain perspective things. The stage musical of The Little Mermaid is phenomenal, and one of my favourite additions to it is a couple of new Ursula songs, in one of which... She sings about how she is Triton's sister and that their father Poseidon divvied up the ocean and she got his magic shell and Triton got the trident and they both had the same amount of power uh, except Triton decided to make all the like pretty like world stuff and Ursula decided to use her powers to help people. Yeah. And yes, indeed. Nobody took her seriously, and now she's a villain. But she also accept is like, so I decided to start taking advantage of these idiots who come to me for help because why not? Mm. And I love that because we've got the reason, but also now her reasoning is just it's fun. Yeah, which I'm way more on board with. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like I don't want to know that Jafar was like once in line somewhere. And, you know, was abandoned and now wants his birthright, but just in a different place. Yeah. You know, like, I just want him to still be a villain, but, you know. Mm. 
just seeing a little bit more of the other side of the story, you know, the manipulation he has and yeah. the relationship with Yaga, which obviously I know this is not a serious one. This is not a Disney version of Jafar, mm. but... Well, you know, like the guy that killed Bambi's mum, finding out that he was his parents were viciously killed by a deer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm going to kill every deer. Until <laughs> I'll I've killed... kill all of the deers. <laughs> until every deer is an orphan <laughs> sure, sure. and they know my pain. Basically, yeah. I, I'm excited Great. for this one. I think... Aladdin's good. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a solid show. Yeah. And I think Starkid are going to find the right take on it. Yeah. Take on it. Well, Danny, do you trust me? What? <laughs> do you trust me? I just met you. <laughs> and this is crazy. We will be back very, very shortly to talk all things Twisted. <laughs> You think you know me, as others think they know you, but there are two sides to every story. I used to be the ruler of the ocean, I was benevolent and always kept my word. But my brother held the antiquated notion, that women should be seen and never heard. So he dethroned me and disowned me, and on top of that, disowned me to the outskirts of the kingdom in a cave. Took my scepter and my crown, though I tried to take him down. The truth and I now share a watery grave. The story lingers on, but the version that is drawn is twisted. And we are back. We had a twisted time. We did. I had an absolute blast with this one, which I think more so than ever you were able to tell. Oh, 100%. I said that to you afterwards. Because, because I was laughing. You were having a good laugh at yeah. this. I think what I'm starting to realise is that Starkid are like comfort musicals more mm-hmm. so than anything else. That they don't require a lot of thinking to enjoy them. No, that's true. But they're smart enough and well-written enough that actually you do have a little bit of thinking. You know, the jokes don't land as well if you don't make the connections with the licenses that they're referencing. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that really brilliant mix. It's that Venn diagram of sitting back and relaxing but being engaged, and it hits that sweet spot in the middle where you do both. Yeah, I just had so much fun watching this one. Good. I talked about how I didn't want to feel sympathy for Jafar when we went into this. Mm -hmm. And I think they do a good job at making you feel sympathy for Jafar. I adopted a headcanon, though. Yeah. (laughs) And it made it even better. Which is? I'm, I'm sure it is just me that's done this, and I've thought way too much about this. In my head canon, this is literally just Jafar's point of view, and none of it's real. It's just how Jafar has viewed this world. And I found myself enjoying it far more as a result of it. I mean, that's the point, right? Well, I don't think it is the point. I think the point is that we're, you know, like, we're seeing his side of the story. In the same way with Wicked, we see the Wicked Witch of the West's side of the story. Yeah. 
but my point is more we're not seeing his side of the story we're just seeing it how he thinks he sees it oh okay i understand which as a result for me became funnier mm-hmm. because like none of this is actually happening if you take it that the disney film is how it actually is yeah and this is just how he sees it i found i was having even more fun because i adopted that yeah i can see that because it just felt even funny i really didn't want to feel sympathy for him and perhaps that's why i did it that way you know that he's villainized every single other person because he's just and made himself the good guy yes yeah in the way that you do when when you're doing things that will affect other people is you I don't think anybody looks at themselves and are like, oh, I'm the bad guy here. Yeah, and he's 100% looking at the other people and he's he's making them the bad guy. Yeah. Obviously, if you want to feel sympathy for Jafar coming out of this, great, please do. It works both ways. But you're not supposed to, or I think, based off of this, I don't think you're supposed to feel sympathy for Jafar in the Disney movie. No. Just for this one. No, 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 no. no. This is just them parodying Wicked but mm-hmm. using this license and doing it really well. But I just thought, you know, I'd throw it out there. If you are a fan of Twisted and you've seen it before and are thinking about rewatching it after listening to us talk about it, if you haven't already, watch it with the headcanon that this is just how Jafar sees it. This isn't factual. This is Jafar's brain. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what's great about this show is you could watch it a multitude of ways yeah, and have fun with it each way because no two viewings would be the same. I went back and watched it being like, right, Jafar is the hero. This is his actual side of the story. This is actually what happened. Mm -hmm. I'd have a different time watching it. One of the other things I really like about this one is the fact that it's a return for quite a few star kids that we haven't seen in previous ones that we've done. So we're going back to the very Potter years. Yeah, so you were very pleased to see... Joe Walker back. Yeah. Very, very pleased, because he was fantastic as Voldemort. And Dylan Saunders, who is Jafar in this... Is Dumbledore, and I got that very, very quickly. Yeah. It took me longer to recognise Joe Walker. I think because he's playing very different in this Very one. different. But I had a great time with him as Umbridge and a great time with him as Voldemort. So I was very, very pleased. Mm-hmm. And it was actually quite interesting to see him bouncing off Jeff Blim. Yeah. Because I feel like Jeff Blim fills that void in I, a lot of ways. I'm going to tell you something right now. I thought they were the same person for a really long time. Yeah, right? Because I I had like a weird Star Kid gap where I saw all the Harry Potter musicals and then it was a really long time before I ever watched them ever again. Yeah. And... Not because I went off of them or anything. I just never got around to watching any of the musicals. So by the time I got around to Oregon, I thought it was him. Yeah. And was like, oh, okay. He got a beard and longer hair. You, people look different when they're older. That's fine. I never thought about it. And then my brother had to be like, no, no. It's not the same Yeah, they, they both had the same kind of presence and energy. But this was really nice because we're returning a few that I've not seen for a while. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. And actually, some of the ones that I've got more used to seeing yeah. are in it, but not as prominent. So Lauren Lopez, Jamie Limbetti are not prominent roles in this one. 
And that's quite nice as well, actually. It really does remind me that Starkid is this massive ensemble of very talented players. Yeah. I had a blast. And this starts off brilliantly with that Starkid logo to look like the Disney World logo. Mm-hmm. I thought that was excellent. What a way to start. And we get a really good prologue. Yes. It introduces us to the world. We learn about the two Ds. Yes. So we get Meredith Stepien, who is a phenomenal actor, is Shahrazad, yes. which is the storyteller from 1001 Arabian Nights. Yes. Into, into this world where they are playing uh, the same character, but sort of, I don't know how to explain it. Like, Shahrazad is our narrator. But they're more mythical and entities yeah. in this one. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really liked straight from the bat, we established this is not just a parody of Aladdin and Wicked. This is a parody and a loving reference to the Disney Renaissance age. Yep. Because the music that goes over this is akin to the opening music to Beauty and the Beast. Yes, it's the da 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 da. Yeah. Yep. Which and I we loved. also get a reference to the fact that uh, the Disney Renaissance <laughs> held a lot of love yes. for not only artists, but also imagineers and creators of all kinds. And they had the uh, the two Ds, duty and devotion. Yes, and we learn of a glorious age, mm-hmm. and then a second glorious age, and then the dark time. Yes, the kingdom fell into ruin that caused the happiest place on earth to become the crappiest place on earth. And that's very, very obvious what they're referencing without being suable. Yeah, basically, yeah. They're not opening themselves up for litigation of any sort. And I think it's a really good way of phrasing it because I, mm-hmm. I think it is common knowledge that Disney films declined in quality. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I think it's... I certainly have never seen Brother Bear... Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons. Brother Bear's amazing. I have, okay, but I haven't seen them. The last thing, I've never seen Treasure Planet. I've never seen Atlantis, which I've seen as some okay films. I'm not a fan of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, the last Disney film I remember being released and being hyped for was probably Tarzan. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's when I consider the golden age over. Yes, and there's right. a big. Gap, and especially with the prominence of Pixar. Yes. <laughs> so the, the Disney Renaissance is Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Hercules, The Lion King, The Little Mermaid, Mulan, Pocahontas, The Rescuers Down Under, and Tarzan. Yes. Well, and we Hunchback. know it's The Rescuers Down Did Under. I say Hunchback? No. Hunchback. Yeah. We know it's The Rescuers Down Under because I recently took part on the uh, Best Film Ever mm-hmm. quiz where I retained my crown and it was, one of the answers was... was Aladdin, Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast, what was in 1990? Yeah, because The Little Mermaid was 1989. Yes, so I was very proud of that one. Yes, me too. So the plot of this really, really works because it's enough that, you know, you're talk- we know what they mean by 2D. They're talking about 2D animation, but they yes. find really good ways to make it work within their world. It's a clever parody because mm-hmm. it does fit the world they've created, but their point still stands. Yeah. It's a great intro. And then we get Dream a Little Harder. Yes. 
And the first thing I have to comment on is the costume mm -hmm. for Jafar. I've talked extensively about translations of the animated costumes into real life when we watched Descendants. Yeah. Descendants could have learned so much from this show. Just from this, yeah, it's really funny. How amazing are all of these costumes at translating Aladdin? The props, the mm. costumes are fantastic. He looks like Jafar. Yeah. Without looking corny, without looking cheesy. It's so brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Descendants could have learnt so much. Yeah, considering this had like no money, mm -hmm. realistically, because a lot of their money goes on paying the actors yes. and, you know, renting the space to perform in and everything. This is kind of incredible. Yeah, exactly. Like, you look at the funding behind The Descendants, even as a non-priority Disney project, it still has more money than Starkid will ever see. Well, it was like over a million dollars, right? Yeah. And it, this raised 100,000 100, yeah. plus. Yeah, they put their money, their excess money as well, because it they went way over to mm -hmm. good use. And then we, we learned that this song is not just a Starkid song, it is a parody of Belle. Yes. But uh, a little bit more R-rated. We can't talk extensively. On our nice PG show. Curse of being teachers and having children that listen to us. But hello, kids. We hope you're doing your homework. <laughs> Go to bed. It's your bedtime. <laughs> yeah, so this is Belle. And this is a great... Because I think Belle's one of my favourite Disney songs. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great job at saying hello to the world. Mm -hmm. And it's the best song that it can reference at this point. Yep. And <laughs> there goes the girl that sings her mean song about us every day. <laughs> but yeah, you get, you know, Jafar and mm -hmm. he bumps into the baker. The yep. And no one in this town respects him for whatever No, they reason. all blame him for all of their problems. Yeah, because his job is to advise the Sultan. Now, do they know that the Sultan is useless as well? They will have never seen the Sultan in person. So, yeah. Realistically. And but Jafar comes out into the town and everybody knows what his job is. So you're going to blame him yeah, because he, if he's your one point of reference. Exactly. He's your scapegoat. You, yeah. know, you, you know, and it's his job as the royal vizier to advise. So they all blame him. And as the baker leaves, <laughs> this got a huge laugh. He shouts, Maurice, the baguettes, hurry, hurry up. up. <laughs> Just literally the exact same line. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. And yeah, he goes into the uh, book shop mm. and he was reading Wicked, which again, yes, fantastic. a really nice copy of Wicked, a beautiful version, which of by the way, if you really like the musical Wicked and you haven't read the book, I would recommend that you don't because <laughs> it would probably It'll ruin the musical for you. Yeah. Some worlds are best separated. Yup. Some things we get really good adaptations and some things destroy the books a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to accept that sometimes. Yes. We learned that the the village people, because that's all I'm going to call them, yep. the village people, believe that if they dream hard enough, they will get what they want rather than having to work hard. Yes. And what they want right now is for Jafar to disappear 
Yes. Did you catch all of the references in all the different deaths? I did. So we got Tarzan reference because he'd hang on vines. Mm -hmm. We got Lion King thrown to hyenas or eaten by hyenas. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast thrown from... He'll plummet. So we got skewered by sailing ship. That's Little Mermaid, yes. Yeah. Hanged in tangled jungle vines. Yep, Tarzan. Eaten by hyenas. Mm -hmm. Or he'll plummet to his death from a castle, a clock or a cliff. Right, so the clock is Rattigan. Yes, it is. The cliff. <laughs> I love Rattigan. I don't know what the cliff is. There's two is. different ones for the cliff. Yeah. It's either Maleficent when she's stabbed and she dragon, falls yeah. off the cliff, or the evil queen. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, they the throw evil her queen. off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. One of my favourite bits is where we have him talking with the, the, the bookshop owner and the bookshop owner can't read. He's like, you think you're better than me because you can read? We don't like your sort around here. Yeah. Because I just love silly humour that Starkid do like that. You know, this is the bookshop owner and he can't read. And he hates people that can read who think they're better than him. Yep. We also get our first Jamie Lynn Betty Appearance, appearance, yes. Appearance as yes. Belle. She's dressed as Belle. And Jafar bumps into her while they're both reading books. And she says that he needs to keep his fat face out of his books so yep. that he doesn't bump into her. And then we Sorry. also see Jeff Blim. And I, I, I very quickly go, is Jeff Blim Aladdin? Because <laughs> he could just be a nameless ensemble person. In... Yeah, they're all dressed very similarly. Very similarly. But I'm just like, there's, a, there's something about his... His pants. Yeah, so he, for the entire show... I know we're British, but this is an American production, so... Yeah, but even when he is playing an ensemble character, he's still wearing his Aladdin outfit, just Mm -hmm. with a different jacket. Yeah. So he's got the big, poofy Aladdin pants on. So I got very excited that we're going to see more of him in a prominent role. Mm. And one of my favourite lines in this one, whistle while you swallow a spoonful of sugar. Yes, what three references are that? Whistle while you work. Yep. Spoonful of sugar. Oh, and the next line is, and your wish will come true upon a star. Okay. Which is Pinocchio and Peter Pan. Yes. What was the... I didn't understand the swallow reference. Is that a Disney song? Let me see. a spoonful of sugar. Is it literally just... It's Mary Poppins. Okay. Whistle while you swallow a spoonful of sugar. But no, but I I thought it was whistle while you work... Mm-hmm. And then a spoonful of sugar, and they had just found a word to link. Yeah, swallow well, is the link. That's what I thought, but I wasn't certain. Maybe there was a, a reference I missed there. Yeah, this is yeah. a fantastic opening We number. also get... So Alex Paul does this one bit in Dream a Little Harder where she does like the really high like notes, and it's a reference to Glinda's vocals in No One yeah. Wants the Wicked, which is hilarious. Yeah. This is great. We see Iago... And the puppets are great in this. Mm-hmm. Again, the budget has been used very, very well for Iago and Monkey. Yeah, and Starkid have always loved puppets. We haven't watched Starship yet, but that's a big puppet show. Mm-hmm. And also, pre A Very Potter Musical, they did a Lord of the Rings parody. Nice. And Gollum was a puppet. Cool. And it's not a musical and the, the whole thing isn't online, but there's clips around, yeah. floating around. So I'll have to show you at some point. But the Gollum puppet is both really, really creepy and very cool. Yeah. And I think they've done a good job because they... And they're also... Operating puppets is difficult. I mm-hmm. have trained at it and it is difficult to give them the life 
the way they should and they've done a really good job of it and because it's something I've not seen them do before it just it makes me love them even more because they are so multi-talented not every actor can work with puppets I guarantee Daniel Day-Lewis couldn't do that and he's one of the best actors of a generation mm -hmm. you know and it's a very particular skill and they nail it and it's just fantastic so really liked this as an opening number and then we cut into the Sultan's Palace and it's clear that what's just happened is the Royal Guard has experienced one jump ahead. Yes. And the captain says, a man. No, a devil. Yeah. So Jim Pogolo is has previously been in a very typical musical where Z played... Um, oh, who, who's the tall one of Draco Malfoy's friends? Crab and or Goyle. Yeah. Goyle, I think. Who dares disturb my slumber? Which is one of my favourite lines. From yeah. The Goyle was great in that one. I remember really liking Goyle. Yeah, because Goyle was funny, but Crab wasn't important. Yeah. Which was always kind of true of the movies anyway. Yeah. But yeah, he's an amazing performer. Yeah. And I really like the references to, you know, again, what we have seen during One Jump Ahead. So we're told that a poor sword swallower got his throat slit from the inside out as a monkey sliced and grabbed the sword violently. Oh, from inside, yeah. Yes. And that, do you know the, the man who lies on the bed of nails? He was crushed by one of the fat... By a fat guard falling on him. <laughs> All this... For a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. And we learned that Abdul died. One yes. of the gods died. Oh and we God. see his broken brother. Mm -hmm. It's all your fault, Jafar. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I, I, I loved this. I loved seeing this side of the story at this point. Great, great stuff. And we cut over to Aladdin. For I steal everything. I steal everything. Monkey's eyes are terrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. This came post Toy Story 3. Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel like Monkey has been inspired by the, the monkey, creepy monkey with the symbols, you yeah. know. I do love that this is pretty much all that Lauren Lopez does in this show. Mm -hmm. But she does a phenomenal job operating yeah. that puppet, but also the voice. And I, the best thing about puppet operators is that they don't still focus and that all you see is the puppet. And I forgot at times she was in this. And that's the best compliment I can give her for this performance because... Yeah. That's exactly what she is supposed to be doing as oh, absolutely. the puppet operator for, for Monkey. Aladdin Swagger is great. Plus, you know, topless Jeff Blim through all of this. is, is He's a pretty sexy man. Sure. <laughs> I had a great time watching him as Aladdin for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. It's not often we get some serious eye candy in the musicals we watch. That's hilarious because of what his character is in Batman. I know you don't know what it is. No, but it's I just know funny. I don't. I know I don't. And I can't wait to see Holy Musical Batman. Mm -hmm. 
But I feel like it's a long, long way away after this because I feel like the next Star Kid we'll inevitably cover will be Black Friday. Yep. So we're a long way off Holy Musical Batman, mm-hmm. which is such a shame. Well, I haven't seen Black Friday. No, I know. But I really want to see the second part of the Hatchetfield trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the line where he confronts the bread maker. And he, he's such a bully in this version. He's, he's, he's that jock character where he's like, oh, hey, you did our homework, but you uh, you got us a D. And, you know, we don't want a D. We want an A. So do better, squirt, you know? And he's yeah. like, I don't like raisins in my bread. So what's the deal? Why are you putting raisins in my free bread? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he says, I was talking to Monkey about it. And he said, we should kill you. And then you just get the really evil Monkey staring at him. It was fantastic. He says, you're only in trouble if you get caught. And everything pauses as a pregnant woman stumbles out on the stage. Yes. And, oh, God. Oh. And Aladdin doesn't even know her name. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely been painted very quickly as this nasty, arrogant character, which is great. You know, definitely a character that Jeff Lim can pull off. That there's still like a likability I don't think we're supposed to like Aladdin. No, I don't think we're supposed to like him, but we can enjoy the character being on. You know, when you get a character like this, mm-hmm. it's very easy for, for their presentation to just make you turn off whenever they're on stage, on screen, you know, because all the tropes in this character are horrible. Yeah. But there's a charm about Jeff Blim's performance that means that you don't turn off. I think it's off. more that you just really like Jeff Blim. I I think, yes, there's that element. But I think as a character, he's not kind of... There's been so many of these style characters in so many shows that I watch. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's still enough and there's enough charm in the performance that I'm not just like, this is lazy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so we find out that Aladdin slept with this girl and got her pregnant. And now her father says that they have to be married, otherwise her family will be dishonoured. And he says that he can't marry her because when he does marry, he wants it to be for love. And she's like charmed by this and it's like, oh, I, I understand, that's fine. And then he calls her by the wrong name. Yes. And she hits him with her handbag. Yes. And we learn he also steals intellectual property. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Cool. Nice. Nice little fun introduction to Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Again, it's enough that this could be the true version of Aladdin or just the way Jafar pictures him. Jafar's never met this character because this is Jafar's side of the story. That is true. This is how Jafar is picturing this character based on the description from the royal guards. Mm -hmm. And Jafar's thinking, well, he goes against everything I believe. And this is what Jafar paints. Because he's never actually met him. Jafar's not omniscient. So therefore, in this storytelling, we have to either accept that we are omniscient. actually. I'm actually. I'm actually. He is omniscient. Well, I guess because he's watching the story at the end. Yeah. So he can go back and see any of this. But again, is that just because he's writing his version of the story? We can talk about this later. <laughs> um, so, we meet Prince Ahmed. Yes. Joe Walker. What do you see? 
your heart boxes, my liege. <laughs> yes, so the princess, I keep wanting to call her Princess Jasmine. I kept writing the, the princess. princess. Yeah, just yeah. to be safe. The princess has sicked her tiger on Prince Ahmed and... Ahmed. Prince Ahmed. <laughs> Sorry, he's just so forgettable. <laughs> um, and ripped his boxer shorts open and you can see his hiney. Blood on my ass cheek. Yeah, this is such a this is such a niche role, but oh my god, this is so great. Considering that Joe Walker shows up in another role after well, this, yeah. I honestly, honestly thought that this was just they needed a character. He's going to do this, and then he's going to play his other character, and that's it. Yeah, and I guess that's the point because he. You know, says this really is an act of war, not some throwaway joke. Yep. And yeah. It really is, though, if you think about it too hard. This princess cannot go around doing this. Uh, it was inevitable that somebody was going to threaten war. Yeah, and we already have, again, we there's so much good stuff in this that, you know, you want to kind of move on and talk about the other stuff. And we forget things. But as the Royal Guard are telling Jafar what's happened, they talk about Aladdin meeting Prince Ahmed and comparing him to a... Yeah, not often you says, see a horse with two rear ends. And it's the interplay where Jafar's like, no, no. And and you've already got this character. You know what he's going to be. And they do a remarkably good job. But again, he comes across in the same way he does in the animated film. The, mm-hmm. Yes, they've added all the extra stuff here, but you wouldn't be blamed for thinking this is it from him. Absolutely, because they, he never shows up again in the film. No, so. they've done a really good bit about talking how we're going to make this this stay in the Magic Kingdom for the representative from Pixar, so magical. He'll want to say that he's got the park hopper, the special lanyard for collecting pins. So again, Hell we know yeah. exactly <laughs> what they're referencing. And yeah, he just says that Pixar wants out the Magic Kingdom. They will not be recommending the two-day park hopper and you can keep your lanyard. Yeah. Good day, sir. You can never have enough pin trading lanyards. Yeah. It's and a then real issue. We do meet the princess and her costume's just phenomenal as It's well. so great. Oh my god. You know that descendants would not be able to pull off this style costume as well as No, that's true. And especially because of how simple this is. Yeah. Even the wig looks phenomenal and her yeah, big earrings so which are clearly paper mache look so realistic and fantastic. I think they're attached to her hair as well yeah. because otherwise like those must those would be weighty Absolutely. whatever they were made out of. Phenomenal costume. Yeah. Here. And more great examples of fantastic props. This is Rachel Soglin who plays Slippery uh, When Wet. Yeah, Slippery When Wet and is also in Firebringer. She's so great. She um she isn't with Team Starkid anymore. It's a shame because she is super talented, but then is that not because she's moved on and done other roles? Uh, it's because uh, Starkid moved from Chicago to LA. Ah, there and you go. She she's lives in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Um, but she was going to be in Nerdy Prudes Must Die until they moved, which is the, the threequel to. Yeah, the, the final part of the trilogy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I couldn't remember what the actual word was. There's a really nice bit where the princess talks about who the different suitors are, and we learn that the first suitor was Prince Charming from Snow White. It's like, why would I want to be with him? He kisses. He made out a girl with, when she was blackout drunk. Yep. Yeah. And then Prince Eric, who has a thing for fish. He wanted to have a thing with a fish. Wanted, yeah. Yep. And 
yeah, you know, we get th this interplay is exactly what you're expecting from Star Kid. The jokes aren't fairly inappropriate, mm -hmm. but exactly what we know we're getting from this performance and Star Kid. So, yeah. like, it doesn't come too far out of left field because we know what we're getting. The princess sees injustice, but not irony. No. In the fact that she will still continue the injustice. So yeah. she talks about how something was made in a sweatshop. Yeah, so she's she says she's stifling. So one of her slaves fans her. Yeah. And then she says now that she's now she's cold and one of her other slaves puts a silk shroud over her and she says, I can't wear this. This was made in a, in a sweatshop. That's a terrible. <laughs> and then, Where yeah. have you been? And her slave is like, oh, slaving in your personal sweatshop, my princess. Exactly. And she blames her. She yeah. says, you're uh, supporting a corrupt system yeah, this by is, working there. This is it. So I think it's quite nice. You know, she's pointing out that kind of double standard. Mm -hmm. It's it's said so obviously that we know what the joke is and what the commentary is mm -hmm. about it. And fantastic delivery from the princess. Yes. You know, not one of the things I really like about it is the pacing, because we're not having a moment to pause for the audience to laugh at. We're just going with it. And the pacing is so back and forth. Yeah. That it works really, really well. We go into everything and more which is the princess's I want song. Yeah. But she says, am, she I, am I the only one who wants more out of life? I just want to be free so badly. You slaves could never understand this feeling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she wants somewhere with more. Yeah. This is somewhere that's green slash. Somewhere that's wet. What is that song actually called? Part of your world. Yeah. Part of your world. <laughs> My brain just gives me somewhere that's wet. Or in now. Newsies, somewhere that's clean. That's also true. Which is Santa Fe. Yep. So this is somewhere with more. Mm -hmm. And she says she wants to live on the moon. She wants the moon as a pet. She wants the moon as a pie. <laughs> this is the bit of this song that I was singing for like the full week before we watched this. Yeah. It's the, I want the moon. I want to live on the moon. It's great. I always know you're singing a musical of some sort. I just don't always know what musical it is. Yep. My favourite bit of this is she says... She wants a life of adventure and danger as long as she can be sure that at the end of the day she'll be safe. Yeah. Which is, I think, such a great little thing to add in, especially because it's sort of lost in the whole mm. of this song, that she's saying that she still wants to be a princess. She still wants to be rich. Yeah, she says, uh, it's enough to make me wish I were lowly and poor, but like... With money. Which is great. It was at this point I started my head canning of, of this is how Jafar sees the world and the characters and like he's better than them. So of course they are stuck up and arrogant and self-serving characters because that's how of he course. sees them. Yeah. So this is where I started adopting that head canon. You know, if everyone's out to get to me. All I do is help people and all they do is blame me. Mm -hmm. Jafar's team have been removed the entire 2d department they were sacked yep all 150 have been disbanded mm -hmm. this is all your fault jafar yep the the sultan said that they had to all be put into burlap sacks and beaten to death and this is because the 2d department didn't produce anything of quality yep 
That's a little on the nose. And Jafar's like, I know, but... I was working on it. God. And we get Sands of Time, mm-hmm. which is a lovely little sequence with a great costume change to show young Jafar. Yes. I will say Sands of Time right now is my skip it song. It's not very long. It, it, yeah, it, it's forgettable. However, know. it does go into an excellent song. Oh yeah, the Golden Rule. Yes, and I do like his young. I like his young Jafar costume. Young, yeah, young Jafar really costume is great. It keeps his beard and facial hair, but it's a night and it's a really great change. And we learn he was an honest man with honest goals. Mm-hmm. Lauren Lopez. I don't know which character she's playing at this point. It's not Monkey. No, she she is child of the village people. Yes, and she says, My hunger blinded me and forced me to act like an animal. <laughs> yeah. With the charm that only she can get away with. You know? It's like in the yeah, same way so when funny. she's... Not mouth face. I called, I called them nookling. But you know, like the same way that a lot of those lines only work because she's... Yeah. They only work because she's the one delivering them. There's like an innocence and naivety to her voice, mm-hmm. which is just. Yes. Like... It's been said many a time that Lauren Lopez plays an excellent little boy. <laughs> Probably by Jerry Rector as well. And everyone else. You know, they're engaged. Yeah, I know. I made that joke. Okay. And then um, we, we see that Jafar is going to start working as the assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, basically. <laughs> to the royal vizier. And it's it's Joe Walker again. And this, I thought, was going to be his main role. I thought at this point, maybe, just maybe, the rest of the show yeah. would be flashback. Oh, I see. I thought that maybe we've literally just got the princess and Aladdin as jokes, but now the rest of the show is... Is this. All this. Yeah. Which it isn't. And I, you know, I wouldn't have minded if it was. It would have been very interesting if... I think that would have been really clever writing that they set it all up for us to then go back to where it began and we follow through and get back to the world. Like, mm-hmm. this is all your fault, Jafar. You were reminiscing too much. Now Pixar have destroyed the world. Yeah. This is all your fault, Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes, but actually we learn that the original royal vizier is evil and that he has an evil reprise of the golden rule yep. where he talks about however how whoever has the gold makes the rules yes and he there's some really great wordplay here because he replied repeats like follow the gold and, and rule, rule. But he doesn't say and all he says follow the gold and rule yeah which i think was fantastic Mm-hmm. really really good way of re- reprising this song and giving it a completely different meaning or keeping those words yeah it says follow the golden rule how can a man resist when gold in his hand lets him rule the land with an iron fist yeah and this version does sound more evil yep two really good numbers back to back I will say this I, str- I really did struggle to come up with a skip song and I did decide Sands of Time which is unfair because it's a fun little number yeah but skip it and you probably don't lose a whole lot but Mm -hmm. any of these other songs you really do feel like you'd miss out on something yeah (laughs) so after that horrible encounter well yes (laughs) Sherizard shows up and her ears been cut off because somebody didn't like her face and 
he says the line to her. That's barbaric. Hey, it's her. I love this. Yes. I love this. Which is... obviously is a reference to the fact that originally that was the lyric. Yeah. It has since been changed. Yeah. Because, like, it's kind of racist. Oh, yeah. But we still keep it's barbaric. But, hey, it's home. Mm-hmm. You know, so, again, you can see where the people writing this are fans. This is a love letter to what they grew up with. Yep. Whilst also calling out some of the funnier sides of it or the plot holes and also maybe the practices that they don't agree with in the Disney Corporation. Mm-hmm. Jafar reattaches her ear and she says, are you a sorcerer? No. Which is like the start of their flirtation. Yeah. He says, no, he's a practical man. Sorcery is for fools. Yes. I am a scientist. And that's a really, really important line. Mm. And yes, our narrator is Sherazade, uh, clever, because she is our a storyteller. Yes. So I really liked yeah, that. Yeah, he asks her what she does in the palace. Her job is to entertain nobles and to tell stories. And she tells Jafar the story of the Tigerhead Cave and the story of the oil lamp and, and the djinn that lives within it. And she also has half the scarab. Yes, around her neck. And we go into A Thousand and One Nights, which again, really clever titled song, because famously, Sherizard had a thousand tales. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I know a thousand tales to fill a thousand nights. And she wants to know his story. And he is also quite interested in her. Yeah, this is so cute. I love this. As, as a love song in a mm. musical, this does exa- everything I want it to. Like yeah. having characters say things that are very clearly supposed to be in their hearts and not coming out of their mouths. Yes. But I just love, I want to know your story. So make the story last. I want to know each twist and turn. Tell me all I've missed. Which is really cute. And yeah. I think is very... We were actually having that kind of conversation in the car home yesterday where... We're talking Not gonna about... lie, it's because of this. Oh, that was it. You noticed it. it. Yeah. It's like all the stuff you missed yeah. before your relationship started mm. is stuff that you want to know about. Yeah. That's just nice. And they do get engaged very quickly. Obviously. <laughs> like it's I a don't... Disney movie. Yeah. And <laughs> and yeah. We cut to them in married life. And she gifted him Iago. Yeah, we've jumped forwards a couple of years. Yeah, as practice for their baby. (gasps) Because finally, she is pregnant, even though they thought she couldn't. Yeah. Which is adorable. Which actually... We should have copped onto a little bit earlier. Well, more. I was like, huh, my joke that I just made about Arpi is doubly significant at this point. Mm -hmm. Oh, I knew what the twist was as soon as this happened. Did you? Yeah. It wasn't a surprise when it happens at the end because of this. 100% I knew. This is the first time I've watched this through where I've been like, oh. Yeah, I, I twigged. Okay. Give you smarty pants. <laughs> because, yes. Uh, yes, we find out that the... Sultan wants to meet with him and Sherazad insists on coming because, oh, yes, I've no, got... A... he insists, yeah, he insists on, on taking on her. her. Because he wants to see their... And I tell you what, the royal visit is a great hype man for the Sultan. Yeah. Behold! Really, really, I felt hyped. I really felt yeah. energised, hyped for the Sultan to come out. And the Sultan looks excellent. It's not his costume in the same way it is for Jafar. 
and the oh, princess. Oh, it's his performance. Oh, my goodness. But the costume looks great for him. And then his performance. The voice is excellent. Mm-hmm. I love his timing. And the wisdom he gives is atrocious. Yes. This is Nick Gage, who did the score for Holy Musical Batman. Well, Nick Gage, am I right in thinking, does he play the gin as well? Yes. And, and Scar. And Nick Gage was the one who played Arthur Weasley in a very no. musical. Okay. No, this is the only one he's been in. Well, yeah, because that was a cameo role more than anything else, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I really like Nick Gage. Like, obviously, he's a big deal in terms of his, you know, background. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a composer and a lyricist before anything else. Yes. And he's also a member of Jim and the Povolos. Which is great. Yeah. I thought this is great. And then Jafar says something embarrassing and grovels. And then the Sultan notices Sherazad and says, she's my wife now. Yes. And that's it. It's that simple. Yep. And yes, Jafar loses his lady love. Yeah, you basically get to choose here. Uh, He can either be killed and the Sultan will just take her... Or let her go and live. And she insists that he live. Yeah. So that's very sad. Jafar loses the love of his life. Yep. And again, in terms of headcanon, obviously this is very much like added story. So we can have that simply. But again, maybe it was just his friend. And she was actually quite interested in the Sultan. But he felt he had more. Mm-hmm. You can You can see it both ways. You know, for Jafar's perspective, that he'd, you know, Jafar being this nice guy, invested all his time, and then she ran off with the Sultan because a rich Chad shows up, you know? Gross. Or, this is actually Jafar's side of the story. You can take it in, in both ways, and it works really, really well. Yeah. You would think you would just say, oh, hey, she's pregnant. <laughs> and the Sultan would be like, oh, keep her. Yeah. Because it's not like... So she's joining his harem. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how harems work. No, I don't know enough about it either. So it would all just be speculation. And that's not really appropriate. So he will not speculate. If I believed... Really good number here. Where Mm -hmm. you see broken Jafar. Yes. And yeah, he needs the wish granting jinn. Yeah, this is how we return to the present. He has the half of the necklace that she gave him. Yes, because that's what prompted him to go back. Yeah. You can see tears in his eyes. Like, that was very good. Mm. Yeah, he's a good performer. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. See, I loved him as Dumbledore, but sometimes Dumbledore was just like, again, this stereotype. Like, we're really mocking him. Yeah. didn't get to see this emotional range. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that I'd said with Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals, as much as I love Lauren Lopez as Draco. It was really nice to see her as not Draco. As a mature performer who's clearly got a lot more background in the industry now and is more subtle with some of the takes. And it was the same with this here, that you've got to see he's a much more seasoned performer here. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to appreciate a very Potter musical more when we rewatch it. All mm-hmm. the things I once disliked about it, 
I'm not going to dislike because I know where it's going and how pivotal it is. Yeah. Like, definitely the right one to start with with Starkid. It's where they began. But maybe I should have had a bigger introduction to Starkid before watching it, you know? Yeah. Interesting, though. Uh, could also go the other way. It is just speculation on my part. I definitely feel sympathy. But yeah, I really do think it's just all in his head about these other characters. Otherwise, why is everyone so... Why do they all despise him so? But I guess you're right. It's just because the world is broken and he is their, their public figure. Mm -hmm. Drink every time you hear. This is all your fault, Jafar. That's <laughs> all your fault, Jafar. Favorite. I love a recurring joke. Yeah, me too. So we learn that the princess... Has fallen into the hands of a sexy stranger. Yep. Who can blame her? And she is completely oblivious to the fact that he is uh, really sexually attracted to her. Yes. And nothing else. Well, we do learn she's 16 and he's only 33. Yeah. Which, so on the official Starkid fandom page, the plot description says... Aladdin then reveals that he is 33 and the princess is 16, which is a major red flag, by the way. <laughs> Brackets. <laughs> I was having a look at the... True that. The Starkid wiki. And it's so much fun it's on there. It's so detailed. It's so detailed, but also just lovely little in-jokes. Mm -hmm. Like, I think so many of them say, are they the latte hearty? Yeah, it says that for every single person. And I love it. Like... And the Dylan Saunders one says, have you seen him? Of course he is. Which <laughs> <Which> is great. <laughs> Orphaned at 33, mm -hmm. my parents, they died earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Little orphan Ali. Yeah, basically. Slacker Aladdin is a great idea, though. Yeah. Because you know, that's really what he is, even in the Disney one. But this is just with the volume turned up to 11. And I love the bit where he has, I'm going to live forever. Yes. You know, like, yeah. we get a fame reference. Very, very clever. Yep. The princess says, do you believe in love at first sight? <laughs> yeah, it's happened to me. Many, Many times. times. <laughs> God. And then we get a replication of one of my favourite bits in the film where we get the, they're after me, they're after you. The difference is this time Aladdin says, take her, take her. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. It's so funny. One of my favourite things, I know we've kind of like scurried over the song, Go but in the start of Orphaned at 33, he has his little bit about how his tragic backstory has driven all the other girls away and he feels like he can trust her. So he says, my story's just too sad, but here I go, you ought to know, I've got no mum or dad. And that's all sung. And then he says, they're dead. That makes me an orphan. <laughs> Great. Is it this is a number served its purpose. Like, it was a really fun number. It's definitely, like, moves this character on. Like, that's what a lot of musical numbers need to be, is, like, mm -hmm. character development. And even if that's the joke, it does do that really well. Yeah. Aladdin is to be beheaded. This is all your fault, Jafar. Yep. And... Jafar gets the second half of the scarab. He doesn't know common expressions like, you know, you don't know whose throat I had to slit to get this. You had to slit some throats? Yep. 
no, that's a common expression. And, and Jafar laughs when the guy says, oh, yeah, they chopped my genitals off, thinking it was an expression. And it wasn't. But this time but, it wasn't. But this is it. We've, we've done it enough that it's the rule of three. That mm. the first time, the second time, he, and then the third time Jafar gets it, and it's like, no, no, this is actually what it means. I saw it coming a mile off, and I still loved it, and I still laughed. Yep. And, of course, we all know by now, if we are fans of the Disney version, Jafar is, of course, going to send Aladdin to the Cave of Wonders. Yes, indeed. And Aladdin says, fine, but he wants to Scrooge McDuck the gold. Yeah, he does. He doesn't say Scrooge McDuck. But that is what they're referencing. Yeah, exactly, which, you know, loved. And I think Jeff Blim really does have Aladdin's mannerisms down a treat. There's a moment where he's standing there, like, his arm above... I'm, I'm doing I'm doing it for Drew, so I can't describe it. He's got his arm on his back. Yeah. Elbow uh, up in the air pointing. He's looking down. He's just rubbing his, his back. And that's an Aladdin mannerism done brilliantly. Mm. And I was watching it and going, Aladdin is a film that is sacred to me. It's the first one I ever saw at the cinema. And I've watched it so many times. And I did feel like this really was the Disney version of Aladdin. Yeah, With he's some good. of these mannerisms, like mm-hmm. all of them. So that was fantastic. And <laughs> some weird video editing when we get the scarab effect here. Yeah, it's like the one bit where they put some some tiny, tiny CGI in. I don't know why they did that, but I think it just added to our experience. But I'd be interested in seeing what the actual theatre experience of it was uh what it is is he holds it up and then lauren lopez grabs it and runs away <laughs> right so i'd have rather just had that but it is what it is happy ending yes this so, song's sorry this song is great i tell you what it reminds me of is the song in shrek at the end of act one where everyone comes so i know he'll appear yeah go. that it's this song where they all layer it together absolutely yeah I loved it. Aladdin's energy is great. He wants to plunder the princess's cave of wonder. Mm-hmm. And I do love it when musicals do the come together song. I, I think it's such a great trope. Yeah, this is supposed to have things that are referenced to the wizard and I. Yeah. Which I think is very clear. Yes. And as well, the, like every big end of act one musical theatre number ever. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great. Aladdin steals the lamp mm-hmm. because he was deceived. There was no gold. It was all lava in disguise. And this is clearly the only thing of value. So Jafar lied to him and he's going to keep the lamp. Ha ha ha. Yep. And that's the end of Act 1. We're going to Act 2. And we open with Ahmed. Which was an interesting choice. Because I had forgotten Ahmed. Yes. After all, Drew... No one remembers Ahmed. Yes. He tells everyone about the disrespect he endured in the Magic Kingdom. And they have got the wrong end of the stick yes. on what happened. But one of the things is they're talking about, you know, what do you see on my ass? Yep. And one of the guys goes, stretch marks. They're, they happen, my lord. You know, they're like... completely normal. They're completely normal. They, uh, he does say, how he damaged my woody. Yes. And then he pulls out his toy woody and we get the great line about how his arms all messed up and now he can't go to cowboy camp next year with me yeah so is that why joe walker isn't in trial to oregon because he wasn't welcome at cowboy Cowboy camp Camp. next year (laughs) 
Yes. So uh, yeah. the story of the princess's tiger attacking him has been misinterpreted by his people to mean that he... Had a romantic dalliance with the tiger. With Jasmine's tiger, yeah. And, and he, he gets thinks a fancy is... new nickname, which I don't think he's sold on. No. We're not going to say what We it can't is. say what Go watch that... it. He... Maybe we should do like a rated R episode some point in time. But we like talk about this. As an exclusive like thing online. I don't know. He... This has damaged his reputation, basically. But actually, his people have way more respect for him now. Yeah, and there's only one way to change that perception and get respect back when people see you as a tiger besmircher. Mm -hmm. And that is to slaughter hundreds of innocent civilians. Yep. So the the kingdom of Pixar is going to take over and destroy the Magic Kingdom. Yep. So yes, we cut back and... (laughs) The princess looked really down and Jafar shows up and says, usually you only poison my wine because you want to talk. And the princess says, no, it's not that at all. And Jafar says, fine, I'll go find the antidote then. And then the princess is like, no, come back, come back. Yep. And it was at this point. (laughs) Where are you going? Certainly. That I knew there was more to their relationship, that my suspicions were kind of confirmed. Mm -hmm. I knew there was more to this relationship. I at least started thinking there was more to this relationship. Yeah. They have a heart-to-heart about Aladdin. Well, only once the princess can actually remember the love of her life's name. Yeah, she has to write it down. And they talk about how the spelling is really weird. I love that she's like, the name's forever etched into my soul. What's my what's his name? She is I such a teenager. Yeah, it's great. And it's, it's, it's such a good teenage character. Mm-hmm. And... You know, yeah, I also struggled to spell Aladdin. There's a few times where I forgot writing my notes, so I just put Al. Yeah. Because I sometimes put it A double L A double D I N, and I'm like, no, there's one of those double letters should not be there. Mm-hmm. I'm better at it now. I've spelt it enough. Yep. And enough academic essays also studied film at uni to finally be able to twig. Yes. The princess decides that the solution to the socioeconomic inequality problems in the kingdom is to make everyone a princess. Yes. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And Jafar just kind of looks at her and thinks, we're in trouble. (laughs) He says, I like that you have ideas. Yeah. But I don't like your ideas. Uh, Which she's... It's good teaching. Yeah. It is a good teaching moment that he's like, I appreciate Let's look at the positive. You, but yeah, you've got ideas, <laughs> and that's something. Yeah, does also tell her yes. to be weary of young boys who will whip out their song. Their song, mm-hmm. and a song. I'm right. I'm allowed one line. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it still makes it PG. I hope <laughs> a song means a dick's on the way. A song is a dick in sheep's clothing. Yeah, well, no, but he actually says the line. A song means a dick's on their way. Yes. It's all your fault, Jafar. Yeah. Which was great timing. He starts to sing a song called Sheep's Clothing, which is not officially on the album, but it is a song in the show. But yeah. Yeah. If you're ever in doubt, just remember this song. Enter the captain of the guard. Yes. Some fool atop an elephant is starting a parade. He's been throwing money out into the streets. He's caused a riot, Jafar. Yeah, people are trampling each other to get to the gold, and that's before the peacocks got to them. This is all your fault, Jafar. (laughs) You never throw a parade. 
maybe if you threw a parade once in a while. Yeah, it's great. Yep. And they mention that he has a magic carpet, and that's when the penny drops for Jafar. Yep. And he realises that this is Aladdin. Yes. So they leave. And he says, well, of course it is, but why? Like, surely people can see straight through him. Like, all he's doing is wearing different clothes. Yeah. And Aladdin shows up wearing different clothes. And the princess knows. The princess says, Aladdin! Well, she has to check her hand first. And then she says, Aladdin! And he says, how did you know? What's you? You're just wearing different clothes. And the audience laughs for like a good two minutes here. It's one of the one of the best received jokes. It really is. And actually, at this point, he starts to talk himself out of any possible romance because he redacts the truth. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm actually a prince all along and I mm-hmm. just like to pretend. And suddenly Jasmine's not that interested in him. Yeah, she says... To him, oh, you were just stealing all that stuff and pretending to be poor just because? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, because he's not a cool rebel anymore. Yeah. He's just kind of a dick. Yeah, just like, hmm, suddenly you've aged a lot, Grandpa. Yeah. He's he, he stopped looking like Edward Cullen, like Robert Pattinson. And he started looking like Steve Buscemi when he's dressed as the teenager on a skateboard. Yeah, I think In that gonna, moment... Like, I thought you were going to be like, he stopped looking like Edward Cullen and he's starting to look like Carlisle. So no, like, Carlisle is still you. hot. <laughs> Carlisle is the man to go for. Yeah. And I love the fact that at this point we don't see the gin. Yep. He's just talking in the hat and I think that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, he tries to get the gin to uh, magic the princess to have sex with him and the gin won't do that. So we don't stand for that nonsense. Exactly. Like, the gin has got some solid morals. Gotta have some integrity. I appreciate the gin because, you know, there is no consent and the gin will not change that. And I also appreciate gin. Yes. (laughs) We get... Take off your clothes. Yes. So (laughs) Aladdin suggests they go for a ride on the magic carpet and that he's going to subliminally get her to have sex with him. And it's a subtle... As a brick to the face. And the princess says to the audience, Oh no, you guys, do you think Jafar could be like right about Aladdin? <laughs> a wild Darren Chris appeared. <laughs> yeah. And the inside so the entire audience are like, Yes, obviously he was right. And it, when it all dies down, Darren Chris goes, I don't think so. And the princess goes, Me either. Which is great. That obviously didn't happen every night. It's just because Darren Chris is yeah, there. I loved it. I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The tune to this song is great because it has elements where it does sound like a sounds whole like new a whole world. New world. Yeah. But it isn't. There's enough about it. And this is the song where we reference the darker, seedier side of Disney with the kind of naughty Easter eggs. This is the song where we reference people having dirty minds about children's movies. No, I know. I know. We reference the... Uh, the flowers that say sex and the princess says SFX. SFX. Yeah. We talk about the shapes not only in Agrabah but I guess the DVD VHS cover to The Little Mermaid mm-hmm. which got re- like recalled and readjusted that Trident's Palace looked kind of phallic. Yeah. I liked this one. I really did like the pointing out the rude Disney's where they talk about the priest's knee in The Little Mermaid. Again, like, really funny Mm. song that references the meme culture about Disney. Yeah. And, yeah. 
Aladdin doesn't know who Ahmed is, post this song, and the princess proposes. Yes, so that he can stay and fight off the army and save the Magic Kingdom. And he's not interested. Well, he kind of agrees. He kind of agrees. And then she says, good, and we'll wait until we're married. And he's like, okay. Okay. And he does look super bummed out. The Sultan has a mind-blowing conversation with the monkey. Yep. And uh, sadly, that's all I can say because it is not We can't appropriate. Use it. Yeah. And yes, Prince Ahmed is back. Um, we learn Jafar has failed him. Yes. And the Sultan just goes, yes, as always. Yeah. Jafar tries to explode... To explode Aladdin... Jafar tries to expose Aladdin yes. as a liar and a thief, and Jasmine tries to explain it. And just the more she tries to explain Aladdin is really a prince, but he was just pretending to be a thief, but now he's just pretending to be a prince. And Jafar's like, oh my god. She's right through, but the soldier's like, yes, that makes perfect sense. You shall be married at dawn. Yes, and <laughs> Aladdin... Well, before Aladdin comments... We get this really great moment where Jafar says, I bet the lamp is under that lamp-sized hat. Yeah, that is a lamp-sized hat. And Aladdin's just like, what do you mean? No, no, oh my God, no, it's not. Yep. And then we get this really nice bit where Aladdin claims Jafar is a sorcerer. Yeah, he says, how do you know so much stuff? Only a sorcerer could know that much stuff. (laughs) He says it's certainly not logical reason. And the Sultan can't believe it. A sorcerer in his council. Yeah. Which, like, wouldn't you want a sorcerer? I don't know. Working for you if he's on your side? Yes, but Jafar's not exactly everyone's favourite guy. So. Nice. (laughs) Nice reference. I appreciate. I actually did not know I was making a reference. Everyone's favourite guy. Oh my god, that's clever. (laughs) It's a shame it wasn't clever. (laughs) <laughs> you give me more credit I guess you're the one that edits this You can make yourself sound clever No, 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 I'm not going to, that's gold <laughs> So, what I love is at this point Everyone's going to get Jafar And Jafar decides for chemistry to help him escape Certainly not sorcery mm-hmm. And that narration to the audience is fantastic He explains the chemical <laughs> process Causes a big kaboom Yeah, you know when teachers Are trying to explain something to kids And they're like, it's not magic it's chemistry. Yep. This is what he sounds like. And exactly. And as Jafar disappears, he also steals the lamp. Mm-hmm. And we go into one of the best sequences. Yes. And that's saying something considering how high I am on this whole show, but Twisted as a titular song delivers. Mm-hmm. I love the rock theme. You know you mean business because we get a very different style song here. This is, what have I done? Good gracious, what have I done? Become a thief in the night. Become a dog on the run. Yeah, have I fallen so far? And is the hour too late? It's kind of great. It is great. And he is in a moral dilemma. He does not know what to do. Does he abandon... Well, I guess it's actually no good deed, isn't it? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I, well, it still stands... <laughs> still the same songs. It's the same point. that It really is like, what do I do? Do I give up everything I've worked for and know that I am now... Evil. Evil. Perceived or as evil. Do I stop, go back and apologise and just let them persecute me the way they have? Yeah. And just as he kind of figures like, no, I'm not going to, 
in comes Ursula. Yes, the, well, the spirit of Ursula. Yeah, another traveller down a twisted path. And I love that when she started singing, you could hear the poor unfortunate souls. Dun, 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 dun. It's just enough yeah. without it being, you know, the same. Mm-hmm. Her costume looks great as well. It's so good. And Jamie and Betty doing the, the movements mm. to make the costume move is so fantastic. It's one of those, obviously, you can tell it's not a perfect costume, but it looks great. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to expect. She finishes and then enters Scar. Yep. Fantastic. And you know what I really liked about Scar's costume? Was that you it's could... the stage musical costume. That's what I mean. It's... Yeah, exactly. Obviously, it is Scar from Disney's animated Lion King's face. But the fact that it is a Lion King stage show costume is fantastic. It is a blend of both. And that is clever. Yes. That is so clever. This was the best time to watch you watching like, this song. Mm. Especially for what it's about to happen. Which I called As It Happened. Yes. So, so they... Ursula has a line where she says something about how fortune favours the beautiful. Yes. And we hear from offstage... Not so! Yeah. And I shouted... Gaston! Gaston. <laughs> oh, if this, if this podcast leaves me with any legacy, I will be pleased if that legacy is my love for Gaston. I know. One of the things what I What does liked... that say about you as a person? <sighs> okay, everything about what Gaston is about to say is why Gaston is not the same as a lot of other Disney villains. Yeah. Because all the other Disney villains, certainly their point of view comes across to me very like Cruella's will in a moment. Sure. They can justify as much as they want. You're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. Gaston is saving this girl from this weird buffalo monster in a cape. Okay, but he's also a misogynist. He's also a misogynist, and that is wrong. Yes. Good. However, well done for saying that. However, he is going there as a hero would. A member of your town has been kidnapped and has fallen in love because of Stockholm Syndrome with this beast. Mm -hmm. His actions are justified. Yeah. I love when each new member comes in, how the music adapts to be a little bit like their song. So we get a little bit of Be Prepared. We get a little bit of, you know, guest on Mm -hmm. with each song. It's fantastic. Yes. We get the spirit of Maleficent and we get Hook, Captain Hook, which is great. And that was... No, Maleficent was Lauren Lopez. Maleficent was Lauren Lopez. Hook was Alex Paul. Yeah, fantastic. All these villains, you know, they're coming across really reasonable. I love their justifications that Hook is just like, I wanted to teach the boy responsibility. Yep. And Maleficent says, I just wanted an invite to the party. So we're all setting up really great. Every character here can justify what they did and why. And... I may not agree with all their justifications, but actually, yeah. And then we get the one character that has no justification well, one of and two. is just evil. One of two. What, from this group? Well, it's not Bambi's mum's killer, you know, the hunter, because that would also be the same. It would be on par at this point. Yes. But we don't get the murderer of Bambi's mum. No, we get Cruella de Vil, who says, I only wanted to make a coat out of puppies. And even the other villains are like, no. There is a really great, I was looking at the Starkid 
Twitter. Yeah. And one of the last things is a retweet of this around the time Cruella was launched. Yes. Well, so <laughs> I think the, the people who pitched Cruella should have watched this and been like, oh, okay. But this Cruella, again, all of these villains, again, far better than their descendants' counterparts. Yes, the costumes, yeah. And again, it's shocking when you think about the fact that you've already got Jafar and the princess and these great puppets. Mm -hmm. How did they also get these extra costumes and have them look so good? I'm pretty sure the Maleficent one is the Disney store. Like the kids size Disney it's, store one. Well, then it's just embarrassing for the descendants, isn't it? Yeah. That was a roller coaster. I loved it. Mm -hmm. And then we do see... It's the first time we really see the prop lamp, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah. And... Jafar accepts that he has to take the twisted path, yeah. even though everyone will remember him as being evil, but he will have done the right thing. Yeah, because no one's going to bring him down. And then we, we see that Ahmed has returned to the Magic Kingdom. He's ready to enact war and end their tyrannical rule. And the princess says, you will never end our tyrannical rule. Which is great. Yep. And the princess doesn't remember him, which is great. They think that Ahmed, oh, this great, this, this, this is funny. Mm -hmm. All of his troops think that Ahmed is here for the tiger. Give Ahmed his tiger and we will leave. And he's like, he's no, like, that's not why we're here. We're here for vengeance. And the prince, oh, this was great. The princess says that the man who's here to save them has faced the galloping hordes. That's like a hundred bad guys with swords. She says swords. I don't think she says swords. She does say swords. Good, because I exclusively... bad guys with swords. Yeah, I love that. One hundred bad guys with swords. And we, we learn and that Aladdin we need to make way. Come. Prince Aladdin has cold feet. Yep. He's on his way. No, he's not. And I did feel really bad for the princess in this moment. I knew it was coming. There was no way he was coming out to fight. And she looked really like, oh no. Yeah. And that was fantastic. They're about to storm the palace and attack the sultan. But Jafar reveals that he used his first wish from the genie because he stole the genie from Aladdin's yeah, hat. Yeah, he stole the jinn. Yeah. And he is now the sultan. Yes. I, my one thing with this, I wish they had... His Sultan gear, which I know is too much to ask. I just wish he That's did a big costume change. It's a big costume for there to be two in succession. No, I know. I just wish that he wasn't dressed in the exact same way. I wanted something to make him look like he was now the Sultan. He didn't even have the stick. No, he did at the beginning. Yeah, the stick is here. The stick was with Joe Walker as the royal vizier. That is true. So it's passed out. I just wish something had been happened because I missed the reference that he was now the Sultan. Mm. So I was like, why has he used two wishes already? It's because he's now... Yeah, no, he wished to make himself the Sultan so the army would have to fight him instead of the useless Sultan. Yeah. Then he summons the jinn again and wishes to become a sorcerer. And he manages to fight off the army with his magic powers. Yes. Oh, yes, and he summons the djinn, and we get easily the worst costume in this, but the costume that's one of the best because of how tacky it looks. This is also my least favourite segment of this. I think it goes on. Way too long. However, I really like the novelty that the djinn speaks only in movie lines, mm. because let's be honest, that's 
a big part of what made the genie so successful. Yes, this section goes on a little too long, maybe two minutes too long, but I like the idea. I just don't think the execution was completely there with it. Yeah. However, what I will say is this, of all the references they could make, Jingle All The Way gets a shout out. And I think that's amazing. Jingle All The Way? Yeah, because he's Turbo Man. Oh, right. And I... Turbo Man. I love Jingle All The Way. Them thinking that he is Turbo Man because they don't understand his jokes. Exactly, yeah. And of all the things it could have been, you know, Terminate or whatever, they chose Turbo Man of this awful, awful Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas film, which is so near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. The fact that that was the one that was chosen, I loved, was a highlight of this sequence. Stop it there. Move the sequence on at this point. You've peaked. Yeah. You've absolutely peaked. And I think he's done a good job at actually sounding like Robin Williams as well. You, oh, you... yeah. You can hear it. You can hear the influences. Exactly. You can hear the influences. And, yeah, we learned that Jafar is not charmed by Turbo Man's song when he came out the lamp for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, presumably, he sang Friend Like Me and Jafar just wasn't having any of it. Yeah. Jafar easily dispatches the army and says, oh, I love this bit here. So, you know, it says like, you know, fight. And then we cut to Aladdin, who's saying his goodbyes. He shouts, see you in hell, kingdom. Oh, hey, babe. Oh, hey, babe. <laughs> and yes, as Aladdin is kind of talking to Jasmine about what we're going to do. I didn't thought this counted as a wish, but apparently it's not. Turbo Man moves the palace to the edge of a cliff. Yeah. With everyone safe. That should count as one of Jafar's wishes. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't somehow. No, it's supposed to parody the uh, Aladdin tricking the genie into letting him use a wish without using a wish. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't... It's not as clear. Yeah, it is. the pacing here, they're trying to get through it quickly. The princess stands up to Aladdin and says, no. Like, awesome, fantastic. She says, I'm realising... I'll never have sex with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is great. Good so, of course, her. Aladdin takes her hostage. Mm-hmm. And twist. We learn that the princess is Jafar's daughter. Yes. Jafar um, remembers that his own wife was pregnant when she got kidnapped. Definitely, de- like, sign of depression. He was seriously depressed by this and has lost a lot of memory if that's something that he forgets. Yeah, basically. Which is really sad. Yeah. Um, she died during childbirth after giving birth to the Sultan's child, but then he realises that the Sultan would never be able to... Father a child. Father a child, for reasons. For reasons. And, yeah, so Shahrazad's unborn child was actually the princess. And then we get a really nice moment, a really cool moment where... So he, he asks Aladdin if Aladdin's ever loved anybody, like a family. He must understand how yeah. that feels. And we learn that Aladdin killed his parents. And this moment is so much fun because Jeff Blim goes seriously unhinged as Aladdin has a conversation with himself. And it's serious, like Jekyll and Hyde vibes. Mm-hmm. I do want to see Jeff Blim do Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. And just to see, I live inside you forever. 
it was so good. Like this was Jekyll and Hyde. This was Osborne and the Green Goblin. You know, yeah, it was a really good moment, and Jeff Blim did it so well. And I think it was complemented by the way this is filmed, with you know a shot for each side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Jafar, like you see him in the corner, just like suitably freaked out, like what the hell is happening here? Oh yeah, absolutely. And he promises, and you know, like he's gonna, you know, Aladdin, give me my daughter, and I will give you the lamp. Yeah. Because I, I know why you're better than me is because you were a better wisher. And there's only one one person who can make wishes the same, you know, the right way, and that's you. So Aladdin says, good, right, here's your daughter. And then Jafar wishes for the genie's freedom and to replace him. Yep. And <laughs> this culminates in the reveal of Jafar in his jinn costume. And it looks great. It looks so great. It looks so bad, but it's the same kind of like because it's the same as what we have had. Like it just looks great for what it is. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, and he says he's going to serve the princess. We get the power in me, and this song felt like a really good finale sequence. Yeah, this is because I knew you. Yeah, I for have good. been changed for good. And yes. yeah, the prin- she makes her three wishes. And they're fairly responsible wishes. She wishes for the end of war. With Pixar. She wishes for a competent sultan. Yeah, she wishes the Magic Kingdom had a sultan that would make it the happiest place on earth again. And she wishes for Jafar's freedom and happiness. And he says he can't grant that wish. He said she wishes that he didn't have to leave and that he would be free and he can't grant her that wish. Yeah. And so she uses a third wish to just wish for his happiness. Yeah. So he grants the wishes, smiles fondly, and then returns to the tiger cave. Yep. And then we learn that the Sultan died, and in his final moments, he signed over all ownership to the princess. Yeah. And she finds all these stocks, all the yes. treasure. Ahmed's artillery blew open the secret vault to the lost treasure of Alibaba. And it's worth... 7.9 billion? 7.4 billion drachma. There we go, which is exactly, I think, what Pixar was bought for. Yep. And Arkman's like, no, we've got too much integrity. We've built this up way too much to ever sell it to you. 7.4 billion, billion. drachma is his price. But on one catch is that they're going to help make yes. the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, they the need place. to return to the two Ds. Yes. Duty and devotion. Yeah. And yeah, they have to bring administrators from his land with really good ideas to help rebuild, but respect their traditions and heritage. Mm-hmm. And we get the first law passed from our new sultan. Mm-hmm. From now on, everyone is a princess. Yes. No one needs to bow to anyone else anymore because for her to act as the new sultan, there needs to be equality and therefore everyone is a princess. Yes. And there's a really nice exchange with the captain of the guard because she refers to them as captain of the guard. Yep. And it's correct. It's like, I am not the captain. I think you mean the princess. Yes. <laughs> so many good things. Yes. This is so all, all Jafar's fault. Yeah, they Oh, recognize that's such a nice it. line. Yeah, that, that worked really well because it was a... It was a, like... <laughs> I just love... They're all like celebrating they're like oh yeah this is all Jafar's doing hooray and Huckman's like what happened to that guy yes he <laughs> says wait he wasn't there what for happened any of this? to Jafar 
And then we get the finale song. Mm-hmm. And he says... He said the name. The Untold Story of the Royal Vizier. Yes. Which is cool. And Sherazade shows back up mm-hmm. for the right ending. Yes. There was a really lovely gasp from the audience at that point when she came Oh, on. it's so cute. You really did. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. And that was a lovely moment. Mm-hmm. Really lovely moment. Yeah. So Sherazade is brought back because Jasmine's wish, the princess's wish for his happiness is granted because she's his happiness. Yes. So they are back together to reside within the lamp forever. And we learn that the lamp exists out of time and space. That's how the djinn was able to watch all those funny movies. Yes. And we get one of the, the best kind of moments is we learn that Aladdin was the peddler. From the beginning of the original movie. And we have him say, coffee maker, half off. Unbreakable. Yes. You broke it. Mm-hmm. Like, we get all those references, and that's and a really nice moment. Sherazad says he does this until he's 55, which is 20 years. Yep. Uh, ish. And then he's killed by a thief for a loaf of bread. Yep. Irony. Yep. And Jafar says, how does their story end? And Sherazad said, it says that it doesn't, because they will live forever inside the lamp. And then it ends. And then it ends. The end. <laughs> They kiss, the cast comes together, and we get the reprise of A Thousand and One Nights, yeah. which is in the finale song. And then, as we're watching the credits, they've gone oh the extra God. mile, <laughs> and they have recorded a Disney pop version. Yes, of A Thousand and One Nights, and it's so it funny. It is very good. This is very authentic and lovingly made. Mm-hmm. So lovingly made. Yeah. What is your best song? Oh, that's not fair. You knew I was asking it. Um... <laughs> so there's a few but for I've different got a few. reasons I've got a few but I'm, yeah. I've, I've, I'm going to keep it down to one yeah because I could just say all of them otherwise so I love A Thousand and One Nights yes. I think it's a gorgeous love song yeah. um, and a gorgeous love song we wouldn't always expect from Starkid yeah oh, well <laughs> so far as you know so far as I know but yeah. in my experience with Starkid I don't expect this from them yeah I think Take Off Your Clothes is the funniest thing ever I love dream a little harder because that's one that gets stuck in my head a lot but my favorite song has to be everything and more because that's the one i know all the words to for me i'm gonna say twisted because of the spectacle and like the showing up and everything i thought it was great Mm -hmm. um however you know i do think dream a little harder is an absolutely amazing song was up there in contention I Steal Everything, I thought was fantastic. I love The Golden Rule. Yep. The Golden Rule, If I Believed, is such a beautiful song as well. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely beautiful. No One Remembers, remembers Ahmed was fun. I remember that song, ironically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of really good, song good songs in this one, but I am going to say Twisted is my favourite. The opening with the rock theme is great. Yeah. And everyone coming out was What's your skip it song? I, I'm sticking with Sands of Time. Okay, I will agree with you. It's it's half a song, and I feel like all the other songs are too good for me to disparage them in this way. Yeah. You know, in the same way, this, this finale song, there's a bit of singing here at the end, pre-Shirazad coming out, mm-hmm. that could kind of count as a Skip It song, because it doesn't hit the heights of a finale. Yeah, but it's all in in one. Yeah, and one. I'm not going to just, you know, I think it came together really well. Sands of Time, you could skip that little sequence and go back in time another way. 
you know, have a little bit of orchestration or something. Yeah. You know? Who do you want to play? I put so many. <laughs> everyone. I want to be everyone. I, I, I would love to play this version of Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I would love to play Jafar. I think it's a really interesting role. I would love to play the royal captain. This is all your fault, Jafar. Captain of the guards, yeah. yeah. I'd love to play Prince Ahmed. Every role in this is great and it's blooming difficult. Do you want to know a fun fact? Go for it. This is one of three Star Kid shows that you can get the official yeah. license to. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we could do this as a school show. It makes show, you want to start oh up God. an Amdram group just to do it. Like, we could call ourselves Moon Children. Kid Star. <laughs> Who do you want to play? Because there's not as many. Oh, my choice. Hooray. I, I know. Sounding very Jamie and Betty there. Well done. Thank you. Who would you want to play? I would be anyone in this. I would just be cast in this. I don't think it matters. I think that's a I great thing about Star Kid is the fact that they, they will cast you regardless of gender. You know? Mm. That you could play any of these roles doesn't matter. It yeah. really doesn't matter with them. Mm. You know, you could play Jafar. You okay. could play Aladdin. I wouldn't want to play Jafar. No, but you, I think you could. If, like, it, if I was given the whole, the choice of the whole cast, I think my choices are the princess and Aladdin. Yeah. I could see you doing good Prince Ahmed. Yeah, and then Ahmed. <laughs> but, like, I think just because her song is my favourite, yeah. regardless of gender, I would choose the princess. Fair. Who is your MVP for this one? Everyone. <laughs> they are all fantastic. Um, I'm I'm going to break my trend of the past two Star Kid shows. As much as I love Jeff Lim as Aladdin, he is not my MVP. He's so great in this. I've only ever given for Star Kid shows. Jeff Lim has yeah. got two MVPs. Joe Walker has got two MVPs for Voldemort and Umbridge, mm-hmm. and then Ivana Lynch has got an MVP. For existing. For for doing a really good job in a very Potter senior year when I had zero expectation from her. Yeah. So I'm actually going to give it to a brand new Star Kid who has never had an MVP from me before. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be Jafar. Dylan Saunders. I think he's fantastic in this yeah. one. Especially considering that his Dumbledore at times was quite grating. Mm-hmm. He's, he really has. You can see in the time from Potter musical to now how yeah. he is seasoned as a performer and I do think whereas I said usually it's Lauren Lopez who's like the glue of these performances he is he holds this all together brilliantly because when everything else is so funny he is so normal yeah do you know something really funny yeah Dylan Saunders has been in Chicago Fire. Yes. And Jeff Blim was in Chicago Med. Was he really? When was he in Chicago Med? He's just a guy in Chicago wow, Med. He's I one of the patients. I can't wait to rewatch that episode. Oh no, it's in like season two. You've I'll skipped re-watch. it. I'm I'll sorry. rewatch it. That's why I said rewatch it. Who is your MVP in this one? My MVP is Rachel Solgren. Because I think she's fantastic yeah. and just absolutely hilarious as the princess and her comedic timing is on point. She is really good. So before we get to my view on this one, over to Instagram, where 86% of you said, yes, they are a fan. We got a message from Mia Rhodes, 
who said, yes, so excited for this episode. This is Starkid at their best. The end of Act 1 song with Jafar, the princess and Aladdin all singing over each other, it's just perfection. All the sly little jokes to Disney's history and relationship with Pixar. My personal fave moment is the part of Happy Ending that's a clear reference to a section of The Wizard and I from Wicked. Also, the fact they did a pop version of one of the songs for the credits, like an actual Disney movie, is just chef's kiss. Yes, yes. Agree completely with everything that Mia has said, and I hope you enjoyed the episode, Mia. Over on Twitter, mm-hmm. one of our more divisive ones, yeah. and you were a little bit shocked. At one point, it was even. It was a very, like, 33. It was literally a third of everything, which I thought was fascinating. Oh, yeah. 24% said, no, it's not my taste, which is completely understandable. I think you're going to have that with Starkid. Yeah, a lot of them are Marmite musicals. Yeah. And also they are very much, I think, YouTube musicals. You know, that they have your, your kind of toilet humour at times, you know, which isn't for everyone. Mm. 38% said, okay, but it's not my favourite Starkid. And 38% said, yes, it's everything and more. Yes. At Theatre Flashbacks said, I have to be honest, not seen it. I don't know anything about Starkid, but they are going to check this one out. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. And at the B-Way Ginger, so Sally the Broadway Ginger said, okay, Twisted is hilarious. The opening numbers parody on Belle is so unexpected and perfect. Sets the tone well. Jasmine's song about how hard it is to be rich is priceless, which is some great wordplay on that tweet. Thank you for that. As someone who turned the volume up on the Aladdin VHS to try to hear the genie whispering during the balcony scene, I feel known by the whole New World song about R-rated Easter eggs. Like all Starkid shows, it has some lame moments and cheap laughs, but it's a keeper overall. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I... I did give this one five stars. I had a blast watching it. Yes, it's, you know, if I was to rank it in the five star shows, it's definitely not up there with things like Singing in the Rain on My Fair Lady. Because mm-hmm. it's not the same calibre of musical. But for me, it's my sense of humour. This is a show I loved. And if I have a bad day, I feel like I'd put this one on more than I would want to put on My Fair Lady. Yeah. So by my own personal metric, this is really high ranking. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like musicals that we've seen, there are definitely better made and like better five star ones we've seen. But this is seriously up there as a show I loved and a show I enjoyed and a show I could watch time and time again. Cool. And we have a very exciting show lined up for next week. Yes, indeed. Because for the first time in forever, for the first time since New Mutants... We're going to the cinema. We're going to the cinema. Mm-hmm. First time I've been to a cinema to watch a musical. What musical are we watching? We're going to see In the Heights. I'm very, very excited to see this Lin-Manuel Miranda show. Me too. I'm interested to see what you think of it. I've seen a lot of praise for it online. Yes, and there's also a lot of... um... A lot of talking points. There's a lot of divisiveness going around about it online at the moment, but we can talk about that in the episode. We can talk about it in the episode. I see it being not necessarily the most comprehensive 
discussion we've done on a musical. This will be the first time we've had to write notes in a Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do that. Which is going to be difficult. And interesting. It'll be an interesting experience. I'm excited and up for that challenge as always. Try and produce new exciting content, but... At least we know it's not going to be a darkly lit movie. Yes, it's going to be very bright. Done by the director of Crazy Rich Asians. Which I'm very excited. I thought he was a fantastic director. Really yeah. enjoyed that one. So next cool. week we'll be in the Heights. Yeah. And as always, you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on Twisted. Is this a show you are going to check out because of our episode covering it? And let us know your thoughts on In the Heights. Have you seen it already? I know Cineworld over here did uh, unlimited exclusive screening, so many of you already have. Tell us your thoughts. Did you enjoy In the Heights? Yeah. Did it live up to the hype? In the hype. In the hype. You can find us, as always, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app, under Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And if you have enjoyed this episode, if you like the show, be sure to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, or podchaser.com and leave us a review there, and help make our day. We will see you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. And as usual, have a magical musical Monday.